Welcome to the Gratitude Podcast on www.georgeandbenta.com, where you'll hear a new story each week that will inspire more gratitude in your own life. Our mission is to inspire 100,000 people to discover how to feel gratitude and live a happy life through the amazing life stories of our successful guests and their actionable tips. And now, the host of our podcast, George and Benta. Welcome, gratitude seekers, to our wonderful meeting with Merle Hershey Beck. Merle has been called the queen of emerging joy and teaches ways to break the chains of emotional eating and live a joy-filled, authentic life. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Stop Eating Your Heart Out, but she didn't stop there. I'll let her tell you a bit about herself and her work. Meryl? Thanks so much for having me on this. Um, I want to start out with, it's really hard to decide which is my favorite gratitude quote. But the one that I use over and over again when I did my writing, I used to put out a list called Inspirational Words, and I found out that every time I focused on gratitude, I'd use this one. It was very old. It's from Seneca. So this is ancient, ancient wisdom. And as he said, unhappy is the man, though he ruled the world, who doesn't consider himself supremely blessed. Wow. That, that's really deep. And... Um... How did you um, use this quote? When, when did you reread it? In what times did you go back to it? Well, uh, I used to send out, for, it started daily and then it was weekly and then it was once in a while, a free group called Inspirational Words with a whole mm-hmm. bunch of quotes on it. And then they, I had the quotes um, selected according to category. And I noticed that I sent out gratitude three or four times, you know, that yeah. you know, I like to send out gratitude. But gratitude wasn't a word I was com- comfortable with a long time ago. I hated that word. Can I tell you, want me <laughs> wow. to tell you more about that? <laughs> no, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> okay. So I was involved in 12-step recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, Food was my drug of choice. I was a binge eater. I had actually had binge eating disorder. I didn't know that. But mm-hmm. food was my comfort. It was my joy. It was my, it, I numbed out. It was my anesthetizer. It yeah. was my everything. And I found a group that was based on 12, this 12 steps, like AA, that was devoted to food. Mm-hmm. And I'd walk in and they'd say, and I'm going to use the words that I heard in my head, have an attitude of gratitude. And I went, <laughs> I couldn't stand it. I mean, I couldn't, that was like, and all this Pollyanna stuff, you know, I really, I just didn't like that. And the reason I discovered the reason it upset me so much is because, and it made me just cringe, is because I knew I should feel grateful, but I had so much inner pain that I had to work through that I couldn't touch the gratitude for quite a a few years. You know, I was... I was the kind of person that was always smiling and happy, but inside I was crying and I was gasping for air. I mean, I was dying inside and nobody knew that. So how Mm -hmm. could I feel grateful when that's what was really going on and the world only saw, oh, I'm great, thank you very much. So it took me a long time to work through the personal issues and the personal growth and the inner work. And then when I get into the other side, Wow, I feel grateful for so much now. I mean, there isn't a day that goes by that I don't say, you know, thank you, God. You know, and when I start, when I do affirmations, in fact, 
that's the way I start them. I go, thank you. And let's say, thank you for bringing me blah, blah, blah. You know, mm-hmm, so it starts mm-hmm. out with as if it already happened. Thank you, God, for blah, whatever. So mm-hmm. I have gratitude in my life all the time now. But boy, it, it took a while to get there. Yeah, I'm sure. It's, it's a journey. And this is one of the reasons that I'm doing this podcast, because I know it's not something that you do easily. So, or at least most people, for most people, it's something that they need to work on. It's not something like they just do because it's so easy and stuff like that. Because most of the time we have challenges. We have moments when we are down, moments when we are, uh, when we feel like nothing is working. And having this uh, habit of being grateful is something that you need to work on, actually. It's not something that comes really easily. But I want to to read to you, since I went through all my my past posts on gratitude, I found this one, which was November 22nd of 2000. I wrote this. At one time in my life, when I was in my 30s, whenever I heard someone say, have an attitude of gratitude, I thought I'd puke. I was filled with the emotion, all right, but it wasn't gratitude. It was guilt and shame, too. Bradshaw explains the difference. Guilt is I made a mistake. Shame is I am a mistake. So it was mostly shame that I felt. Therefore, whenever I heard the word gratitude, I shuddered and then berated myself. I should feel grateful. I have so much. But shooting on myself never helps. I would just feel worse. It's now two decades later. That was in 2000. After Mm -hmm. years and years of personal growth work, I no longer cringe when I hear the word gratitude. In fact, about 10 years ago, I even taught an adult education class on gratitude. Now when I hear or think the word, it centers and energizes me. It elicits an inner smile, reminding me of all the gifts I have. I have received and continue to receive on a daily basis. And so for me today, Having an attitude of gratitude means having a perfect day. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. So uh, you had, um, you had um, a journal since 2000? Or... Oh, I've, I've had journals for many years. This came from not just a journal, but when I sent out the inspirational words on, on November 22nd of 2000, the topic was gratitude and my writing appeared with everybody else's writing. I quoted myself. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I'm sure it's not something easy and I'm sure that you've, uh, after you discovered the power of gratitude, I know uh, you are a counselor for almost 30 years now. And um, I'm thinking that you might also use it with your, with your clients, uh, with the people yep, you work absolutely. with. Absolutely. It's really interesting. I, I just recently t- took a look at the type of people I serve, the type of groups that I serve. And there's five groups. And I'll tell you where gratitude fits in briefly with each one. So since I grew up with binge eating disorder. And that was what my, you know, I turned my biggest wound into my, into my work. I worked with people with eating disorders, um, mm-hmm. overeaters, uh, people with binge eating disorder, people who were bulimic, people who had cravings. And for them, and so we had to start with little things 
because they would be beating themselves up all the time. Oh, I ate. I thought I was going to be good today. And by the way, I can't stand when people use moral judgments on what you eat. So that's just another aside. Um, yeah. And I thought I was going to be so good today, and I had a salad for lunch, but then I had a chocolate chip cookie, you know? So they'd be beating themselves up rather than saying, wow, I'm so grateful I only had one rather than having a dozen. So I would start pointing out the little things they could be grateful for. Look, you stopped this time. You didn't, didn't start roll, rolling into a binge that lasted for days this time. So I would point out little things they could be grateful for until they were able to see them for themselves. So that's the first group. Wow. The second group are women who give and give and give and give, but they don't know how to receive. They don't even know how to receive a compliment. And so I'll say, um, Susan, what a pretty dress you're wearing. And she'll say, oh, this old thing? You know, not even a compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and so when they were my, I don't do this to friends, but I, with clients, I can do it because they come to ask me for my assistance. And I would say, wow, did you just hear what you said? I wonder if you can just be still with it for a moment and allow that to come in and think about how grateful you are that you actually are able to own this article of clothing and wear it and how good it looks on you. And so I would point again, point out little things that they could be grateful for because they were so often pushing away the, the comments that would feel, would feel good. They didn't know how to receive that and didn't know how to be open to receive. They would go, oh, this is nothing. Oh, I should have done more. Um, because women especially, I know men do this too, but women especially are trained to give and give and give and give. And the well runs dry. And I teach them how to start filling their well so they have more to give and more to be grateful for. Uh, the third group is, uh, I guess we'll go to grief and loss. Mm -hmm. So I started speaking about this just a few years ago because I had the biggest pain a parent can have when my son died almost five years ago. And I teach people and share with them the tools that I use to recover from grief and loss. And then we go talk about what we're grateful for when we did have this beloved in our life or when we did have it. It's not always a person that died. Sometimes they lost their job. So we'll tell, let's talk about some of the things you had, what you can be grateful for. Wow, I had five years of being able to park in the employee of the month spot, whatever it is. So we can look back on what we had. And then eventually, what I like to teach all my people is, and, and remind myself is to be grateful for it when it's happening so that when it's gone, we don't say, oh, that was so wonderful. I wish I would have appreciated it while I was having it rather than taking it for granted. So yeah. appreciating what we have every single day of our lives. Uh, the fourth group are people who have been disconnected from source, God, whatever word they use. And they forgot that they are really eternal spiritual beings here in a human form. And of those, for those people, we end up talking a little bit about spirituality. And, and some of them buy this and some of them don't, that they've chosen to be here. And if they don't, that's okay. We can go a whole different route just about appreciating, appreciating what we do have here. Uh, that whole glass is half full, half empty thing. You know, appreciating... You know, yeah, the glass is half empty, but what's in that half empty stuff? What's it's, you know, it is half full. What's in it? Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> the more we appreciate that, the fuller it gets. 
Mm-hmm. So the fifth group are people who believe that inner critic voice. Yeah. The, inner criti- the inner critic started out to help you because our parents and our caregivers wanted us to be to fit into society, to be civilized, to not being little, you know, <laughs> running around crazy people, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's how we learned these things. But then we took over and our maybe became our minds in our minds and the voice in our heads became bigger and more critical and more judgmental than anybody ever really was probably in our lives. And we pick on ourselves for the littlest things. Um, I'll give you an example. So I, I was on a TV show, uh, morning, a morning interview show. Oh, Mm -hmm. I don't know. 25 years ago. And I knew I was going to be critical of seeing myself on the show. I knew it. But what did I criticize? Oh, look at your eyebrows. Why didn't somebody tell you to clean get your eyebrows? Oh my goodness, why did you notice this is your eyebrows. Your lips are so thin. Why didn't you put lipstick? You know? And so I was picking on myself. And when I stopped doing that, I sort of like took a breath and said, Wow, I was on local written, local television show and I got to talk about these things and help these people. And so the things that became were so big became smaller and smaller and smaller. So the things that really mattered can become bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, exactly. I've been thinking about this. I'm, I was writing today um, an article for my blog on georgianbanta.com. And um, I was thinking about the moment you receive your paycheck from the work you're doing. And the fact that many people, uh, after they receive their paycheck, they immediately think, of okay, I have to pay this, I have to pay that, I have this bill, I have that bill, I I really need to do uh, this with the money. They don't stop even for a second to think, wow, I've received, I don't know, the amount of money that they are receiving. What mm. an amazing thing. I can do so many things with it. It sustains me. I can uh, feel abundant. I can... Because when you focus on just, okay, I have to pay this and that and that, you feel like, oh my God, it's not enough. It's really not enough. I can't get by with this. And it's the same amount of money, but the amount of focus you put into whether it's, wow, it's a lot of money or wow, I have so many things to pay. This is where you give it energy and this is what grows. And uh, the thing is that after that, uh, your mind says, okay, so you don't want to suffer like this every every month, right? And you find a way in which you, you can you can make it so it's not enough. By now, you've heard the news. Boosters for Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson vaccines are available. They help keep your immunity strong and help keep you and others protected against COVID-19 and its variants. Visit myturn.ca.gov to find out if you're eligible and to find a booster near you. Let's keep each other safer and healthier this winter. Get your booster and don't forget to get your flu shot too. Brought to you by the California Department of Public Health. Next month also. And even you you make it so that you lose the money or something like that because there's not enough. Right, right, right. And I agree. And um, I think it's the same with uh, with the way we see ourselves. If we criticize ourselves all the time, we go away, we take away our focus from 
the positive aspects that we have. And one of, one of the universal laws is whatever we focus on increases. Yeah. So if I keep focusing on it's not enough, it's not enough, it's not going to be enough. But if I focus on, oh, I got this, it's great, it'll get greater and greater and greater. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And uh, this is why I think your work is, is really amazing and it's really necessary because if we tend to focus so much on on the the critic inside of us of course we we are great members of society because we cri- criticize ourselves all the time and like you said we smile and we look like we are okay but in fact inside we are suffering and we are and it's not not easy because we don't see the positive and we just want to be a part of society and be how society wants us to be so i didn't realize what how struggle how I was struggling in life until I was in I was in a women's group and every week we did a different activity and one week the facilitator for the week said well draw a picture of who you are who people see on the outside and then turn the paper over and draw a picture of what you are on the inside on the outside I'm smiling and bubbly and on the inside I was like a salmon going upstream you know and it was such a struggle and so much work and how can I make it Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized, you know, that life, I need to get the two, these two parts, the inside and the outside, so they're closer together. So that, because I felt like such a fraud. I felt like I'm presenting myself in a way that I'm not really that person. I mean, when I was in high school, they used to call me Smiley. Inside, I was crying. <laughs> outside, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. You know, and, and it's, and my, my goal now is to continue to lead an authentic life. It doesn't always look pretty, but it's authentic. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I'm grateful for that. And I think it's it's the case for many, many people. I don't think you're the only one that has been doing this or is actually, I, I think there are actually people that are doing this right now and they smile for the world, but inside they are not, not really okay, not really yeah. happy. And uh it's not nothing to blame, of course. It's it's all right. You have to fit in and stuff, and stuff like that. But it's also important to look inside and see, and like you said, match the two, mm-hmm. make it so it's it's more balanced. And I think that um, this this will help people to to get to that. Right, and it's it's, it's really about. For me, it became, I had to become self-honest. There's, mm-hmm. another, there's a quote that's not a gratitude quote that I continue to have in my head, which is, deception of others is almost always rooted in the deception of self. Mm-hmm. So when I'm busy smiling years ago and pretending, that, I used to say my middle name was pretend, and pretending <laughs> that I'm happy, I was deceiving everybody. But I was also deceiving myself because I wanted to be that person and I wasn't addressing the things that were causing me so much pain. And I needed to do the inner work. I needed to do my inner child work, my past family relationship stuff, you know, my family of origin work. I needed to do all that. And then mm-hmm. I can come out and emerge whole and grateful and really joyful, not pretend joyful. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And I know that you, you have a strong opinion about uh, gratitude lists. Uh, so tell me a I, bit about this. Gratitude lists are one of my favorite ways to get out of 
what I call my pissed poor mood. So if I'm, <laughs> if I'm feeling down for whatever reason, sometimes I do it in my head and sometimes I write it. I've gone through long periods of time where every night I'll write a gratitude list and then get up in the morning and read it. And I haven't done that for a while. But it can be as simple as, thank you that I'm breathing. Thank you I have fingers and they're moving and I can use them. Thank you that I have eyes to see. You know, anything. It can be, you know, thank you I have a home. I'm fed. Whatever you want to start with gratitude. Yeah. Because so often... We forget to, we just take things for granted. We don't, we overlook that. We are, we have everything going smooth and we hit the bump and what do we focus on? Oh, it's rocky time here. What about all this other stuff that was smooth and easy and in the flow? So I used to be a co-facilitator on weekend retreats and we would work, help people work on their core beliefs. So you can imagine a lot of stuff would come up. And one of the tools, and I don't know where it came from, but one of the tools we would use when somebody was feeling really grumpy and down and depressed, we send them out on a gratitude, I don't know if we called it a gratitude walk, we'd send them out on a walk. And mm-hmm. on the way out, every, with every step, they can, ta- they can think to themselves even, or say it out loud what they were upset about. Oh, my daughter is so bad and blah, 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 and my wife doesn't listen to me and my husband is doesn't give me money and there's not enough food in the house and I can't keep myself on a diet. You know, everything they're upset about or focus on whatever they're upset about with every single step. And when they're tired of doing that, they turn around. And when they turn around, coming back, every single step is, I'm so grateful that I had an opportunity to do this. I'm so grateful I'm breathing. I'm so grateful I'm moving my legs. So every step is a step of gratitude. Wow. Yeah, it's really very powerful. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So whenever, whenever I'm feeling down I, or, or I have a client feeling down, you know, I'll get a little email, help, I'm feeling so bummed today. I say, okay, um, uh, we'll set up an appointment. But meanwhile, just write five things you're grateful for. Let's focus on that. Where we put our attention, it helps our energy, it helps our mood. And so why not put our attention on something we're thankful for, even if it's just for a moment. Exactly, exactly. It's um, really interesting that uh, a friend of mine um, had the child like uh, some months ago. And um, for me, I didn't have too much experience with babies. And um, for me, it was really interesting to see that uh, I I know a lot of things that he doesn't, like uh, walking it's something like that we take for granted. It, it, it's something like, of course I can walk. It's something simple. Everybody does it. And um, keeping, even keeping your head straight, it's something that's a big thing for uh, a baby. But for us, it's like, of course I do it. It's not something that doesn't really take any effort. And uh, yeah. how, about, how about even feeding ourselves rather than feeding our forehead, <laughs> we can find our mouths. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's, it's amazing to see uh, how many things we know and uh, we have. I always, for instance, when I, when I see pe- people that are blind or that have some kind of handicap, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel compassion for them, but I also feel grateful and um, it's a reminder for myself that, wow, I can see, I can see this world, I can see the beautiful trees, I can see the colors, I can see everything. And the other person 
might be able to imagine how it would look like, but I'm able to see mm-hmm. when someone uh, doesn't have both legs, I'm able to walk, I'm, I'm able to run, mm-hmm. I'm healthy. It's something that it's like, wow, it's, it's really something amazing that, that we have. And we, we only um, remi- remember this when, when we don't have it, actually. When we're sick, it's like, oh my God, I would so love it. I would be healthy and I would do this and that. But when we're healthy, it's like, of course we're healthy. <laughs> yeah. And, um, Absolutely great. It takes so much for granted. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, you wrote an article uh, these days about uh, happiness. And I'm sure that uh, the fact that we can be um, grateful for things actually make us happy, not the other way around. Right. What I, I don't know if I actually wrote this in the article, but I wrote it in the email talking about the article. Mm-hmm. One of the things, I hope I can say this online, one of, these thi- one of the things we hear all the time is shit happens. Yeah. What if we turn it around and say happiness happens? We just wow. have to be awake enough to see it. You know, happiness happens. Let's mm-hmm. open our eyes and find it. Wow. And then that's what we're grateful for. You know, and that's I want to also say that we're not just grateful for the happiness. They're, sorry, I thought I turned my phone off. Oh, well, I don't know where to hear this. Um, it's, I can, uh, have also been able to be grateful for the things that have not made me happy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, that's the hardest. It's, I mean, it's easy to feel grateful when, when things are going well and money just came in and you feel appreciated, you know, all those good things. But what about the times when things aren't going good? And I often don't feel it right away, but I like to look for the blessing in disguise. I like yeah. for, to look for the gift of this, the le- learning around this, so that it's not just, you know, I think back on that occasion and it's just all depression. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's important because um, what our tendency is, or at least my tendency, I can't speak for everyone, it's like, to forget it, to act like it didn't happen and that's not me and I didn't do that and that didn't happen to me. And uh, it's easy to run away. It, it seems easy to run away from it, but actually deep inside you still have that experience. And if you choose to look at it from another perspective, you can do something about it. Otherwise, it's still there. You act like you don't see it, but it's still there. I think one of my goals has been for quite a while to not allow myself to feel like a victim, to Mm -hmm. find a way to feel empowered in whatever the situation is. So for instance, I just ran a promotion, a big sale on my website, and it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. I mean, I didn't have the kind of sales I expected. And I spent probably half of a day, so at least it wasn't a long time, feeling pretty down and discouraged and, you know, people don't want my products and I did, I'll put all this energy and effort and time and money into the promotion, blah, blah, blah. And then I was able to turn it around during a meditation and say, wow, I think I wasn't supposed to do that because it needed to free me up. It was going to take up so much of my time if they bought 
all the services that I was offering. And I have so much more that I want to be spending time on, so many more creative enterprises. Like I'm teaching a class on Udemy now, and I want to continue writing classes. I'm a teacher. I want to get my word out there. So I'm doing it right now on online learning, such as Udemy. It's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Maybe that, that there's a higher work that you need to do. Right. And also what I think is that we have much more power than we think, actually. And when some things like these don't happen, like we don't have as much sales or, I don't know, something doesn't happen, in fact, we, on a deeper level, didn't want it to happen. It <laughs> that, that we wanted to have free time or that we wanted to work on the course like like your situation right Right. that's such a great great thing because what happened for me was i had the visualization that there was a great flow between the products and the people and then i said Mm -hmm. well that's what i want what's the reality and there was a rope holding the people back it was like hordes of people and when i fought after after i didn't do it during the time of the promotion and did afterward I said what was that rope and it was my energy holding them back because I felt like they were going to crush me if they all came and trampled on me and wanted me and started pulling pieces of me because they wanted you know so it was my energy holding it back but I didn't exactly very much in an unconscious level yeah 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 I'm, I'm sure I'm sure because you you might think that okay if you uh, get all those clients you won't have time for yourself or the things right. that matter for you. It's the same for money also. When we think in general, I I think that uh, if we think that if we want to make more money, we'll, we would have to make more sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Of course, we we don't want to make those sacrifices if they are really important for us, and we don't want to make more money and. I mean, we say we want to make more money, but actually on a deeper level, we actually don't. So and until we, we get to understand that, okay, more money for us means that we will have to sacrifice things. And yeah, well, so one of the that. challenges is that we're so not in touch with, with our unconscious. And it's like that, mm-hmm. it's the iceberg theory. So here's the iceberg. It's huge. But what do we see? Yeah. A little bit on the top. That's all we're conscious of. But the rest of it's really driving our bus. We don't realize why we're making decisions and taking actions the way we do. And it's because mostly because of what's going on at an unconscious level. And, you know, it's designed because there's a part of us that really wants it that way. So it's about us being grateful that we have part of us that's really, or maybe all of us, that really wants the best for us. And wants life to be easy and and great in whatever ways. And sometimes we have to take a look at these unconscious beliefs because sometimes they are holding us back, but they're not doing it in a mean way, just like the critical voice doesn't want to be mean. They just want you to show up the best way you can show up. Exactly. So it's it's looking at things a little bit differently. I don't I don't believe that anybody gets up in the morning and says, Okay, how am I gonna screw up my day today? Not their intention. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really what I believe also because we all want to be happy, but I think most we want to be um, safe. This is how we are wired as uh, as beings, as 
I like to call the it the, the animal part of us wants wants us to feel secured, to feel safe. Mm-hmm. And um as I understand our body, it's meant to make us feel protected and uh this is how our, our brain works also. So it's a challenge for us when we became when we become conscious of our body and our of our mind and of, of our soul to choose to be happy. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah, something yeah. that's given by nature, in my opinion. There there are some people that are or at least seem naturally happy, but I think it's something that we we need to work on. Like with gratitude. Yeah, it's interesting. The image that I just I get images. The image I just got reminded me how children are naturally happy. Most mm-hmm. kids laughing and full of glee. And children are also very curious. And then what happens, and we in society are doing it because we're throwing what we think is best for the child. We're squashing all that stuff when they get into formal education, when they get into churches, you know, different things. But So the nature of the child, the nature of the being is to be curious, is to be naturally happy. And we lose some of that. So part of our work as adults is to go back and reclaim that's part of our birthright, to be curious and to be happy and then and to be grateful for all that. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, what I also wanted to ask you, um, do you have some people in your life that uh, you want to mention that you are grateful to? Well, I'm really grateful to my parents. Um, We've had, we've had falling outs in the past, and I'm so grateful that we healed them. My dad died when he was 95. My mom's wow. 95 now. We, had, we have such a wonderful mm-hmm. relationship. But it wasn't this, oh, everything was always hunky-dory. You know, we had to go mm-hmm. through our growth periods and our work through and come to a place of actually appreciating each other and loving each other. My dad and I had a big falling out at one point, and then he came to me and he said, I'm your father and it's time for me to support you and to really appreciate who you are. Oh my gosh, did that help my heart, right? It was so wonderful. The other person that I'll probably mention now, oh, there's many people I'm grateful for, but one of my people who helped me make a turnaround in my life is my friend Robin. Now, Robin and I were counselors together in Ohio and Robin became my best friend and she's the one that held up a mirror for me and said, this is who you really are. Because I had such a huge inner critic that was telling me who I am. She was showing me who I am. They didn't match. So I started seeing my beauty rather than every place that I was missing the mark. Okay, so she was so important in opening my eyes and helping me to wake up to who I am. You know, I'm a child of God. I'm beautiful. I'm creative, blah, blah, blah. But the inner critic would have said, come on. You're a nothing. You're stupid. You do things wrong. You make mistakes. You know, you're, you're, you think you're great and you're not, you know, just all that stuff. So mm-hmm. she, I'm so grateful she came into my life and was, my, was reflection and showed me and re- keeps reminding me. She's still in my life. Keeps reminding of who, me of who I am and that my re- greatest, most important relationship is my relationship to source because people will fail us. But my relationship to God, source, universe is the only one that's constant and is always there and will never fail me. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a religious person, but I am spiritual. Yeah, I, I know how it is. I feel the same way. Because like like you said about people, my opinion is that there are great things about many religions, um, but they are just a means to an end. And mm-hmm. if we go directly to the end, like to God's source, the universe, however we like to call it, um, we go directly. We, we don't need to, okay, I'm... I don't know what kind of religion and I I have to do this and that. It's something that's direct and that mm-hmm. you feel it beyond any kind of means. Right. I, what I think. Yeah, I, I, I may have been in my book somewhere, somewhere I, I, I um, said, and I've been quoting myself for a long time now, that I be, my belief is that religion separates people, mm-hmm. but spirituality unifies them. Yeah. Yeah, this is what I, I believe also. Because ultimately, we all believe in a God that's made out of love and that's um, that loves us, that created this universe. And many of the things that are in different religions are um, in common. And oh, we should yeah. look at the things that are in common in different religions. For instance, uh, gratitude, I think it's one of them. Absolutely. I've seen it, uh, I've done some research regarding gratitude and I've seen it also in um, um, the Muslim faith. I've also seen it, uh, of course, in uh, Catholic, mm-hmm. Orthodox, in all kinds of faiths uh, have gratitude at their um at their base, because it's something that we feel it's is right, and something that we feel is connecting us with God, or the universe, or Allah, or mm-hmm. however we we call it, and, um, and that's why I think this also can unify people, because we all want to be appreciated, we want all want to feel. Um, that we have meaning and usually we feel that we have meaning when other people appreciate us. And I think also that's why many people want to be stars and want to be known by people because they seek appreciation and love, mm-hmm. which actually is God. Yeah. I think we all want to be seen, even the ones who are hiding. Yeah. All yeah. want us to be seen for who we really are, and sometimes it takes a long time to know who we really are. We only see the, we only see the flaws. We only see the, sometimes we only see the flaws and the blemishes. There's an exercise that um, I used to do with clients, and Robin taught it to me, but it may have come somewhere else. I don't know. And it's to help people remember who they really are, and imagine that you're a you're a glass of milk, pure white, fresh, clean milk. But you're born into society and maybe your mom was chocolate, chocolate milk and she threw some of her chocolate milk into yours. And maybe your dad was whiskey and he threw some of your whiskey in there. Well, what happened to your glass of pure white milk? It's, you know, it's sour. It's, you know, chocolatey, whiskey, sour now. But that's not who you really are. And part of our work 
when we do our own personal growth work is to get rid of that chocolate milk from mom and the whiskey from dad so you can go back to being that pure white milk that you were meant to be and that you really are inside and you just have forgotten because all these layers of other people's stuff has come up on top of you. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Really, really great idea and exercise, yeah. It's a good visualization for when, you, when you're working on on your issues to think that you are milk and the fact that the issues that you have are actually not us. We, we usually think that a problem that we have and the, a way that we, we behave, it's us. It's, it's actually something that we learn, mm-hmm. something that we, we just were born and afterwards we knew how to behave in a certain way. That's that's not good for us or for others. Something that we learned and that can be unlearned in time with some effort, but it can be. Yeah, so um, you said something about a course that you're working on. Right. Um, I have a course on Udemy. It's called Tap Cravings Away, the five-minute mm-hmm. craving cure. Uh, I've used this technique for myself. I used to be, well, addicted to ice cream would probably be a good way to say it, although that was my biggest comfort food. And now ice cream is as important to me as, oh, a slice of cucumber or a raw, or a raw tomato. You know, it's like, it's, it's okay. I don't have to have it. It's, it's nice, but it's, it's not a big deal. Wow. And so I've used this technique for myself. I've used it with clients. They've gotten rid of a lot of different cravings. Um, I had one woman who was in a class, and she did it because she could not go into the grocery store without buying those little mini Reese's peanut butter cups. So she brought one with her. She did this technique. She still has that little bitty, she took a one bite, she still has the rest of it on her counter, and it's been two or three years now. And she walks by it, and she says, yeah, it's there. It's like, I don't really care about it anymore. Wow. Talking about getting your power back and control over your life amazing mm-hmm. amazing amazing and uh, how can people see the course or where can they they see your work okay so i have three websites mm-hmm. stopeatingyourheartout.com sourcetapping.com and yourgrievingheart.com and when they sign up at any of those there's free things that you'll be getting and you can be on my email list and you'll find out what other things I'm doing and I send out informational posts and other free things a lot. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds, sounds really interesting. And um, I know that the source stepping is uh, based on EFT. Right. So I was trained in EFT, emotional freedom technique with Gary Craig, the founder in 1997. I loved it. I took it immediately to my clients and they loved it. They had a few challenges though. And that's why Source Tapping was born, because they said, well, I want the spirituality piece. I want to include a higher power. I don't remember what to say or where to tap. And so those parts became part of the evolved form of uh, what I'm doing now, which is Source Tapping. We call it an EFT cousin. And then Source Tapping is so much like EFT, but it also includes bringing in a positive 
It includes the pleasure breath, which increases oxytocin, the feel-good hormone. It includes releasing things down to the root. So it's similar, but because it has a script and specific words to use and brings in the higher power, you become a partner with it's a, your spirituality, higher power, God, universe, higher self, whatever. So it has a little bit of a different focus, but it's basically still tapping on acupressure points to release physical and emotional pain, cravings, manage stress, and all that other stuff that EFT does. Awesome. Awesome. So you're including this in your course on Udemy or? Yes, this is part of the course in Udemy. And if anybody wants a script from Source Tapping, they just go to sourcetapping.com and you can get this. I'll send you the free script. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. in the diagram of points and be able to do it. Awesome. I'll have a look immediately after we, we finish. So um, thank you very much, Meryl. It has been great pleasure talking to you and learning from you. Um, a ton of great insights and really interesting life experiences that you, you taught us. And um, I, I'm just grateful that you accepted my invitation and that uh, we had this time to talk. I want to say how grateful I am for this opportunity. So thank you so very much. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. Help us reach our goal of inspiring 100,000 people by sharing this podcast with your loved ones, with your Facebook friends. And if you loved this episode, please write a review on iTunes. Search for the Gratitude Podcast. By the way, what are you grateful for right now? Find three reasons and write them in our Facebook group.